Top of the day and welcome to the Acatas podcast. My name is Acata and I am so happy to be here. Do you know, Nigeria is going through a phase of protest right now, but hopefully the government stand up to their duties and do what they have to do. Of course, we all know that the protest is spreading like wildfire all over the states in the country. In Edo State, Delta State, Lagos State, Ogun State, on those on those states, we have the NSAS protest going on. And lots of celebrities are on their feet to say, okay, we need to end SARS right now. They have done more harm than good in the society. I also want to thank my lawyer that came in last week, Barrister Law, for such an explicit interview on insecurity and the Nigerian youth. Today being Saturday, we are going to watch on those states decide who is going to govern them for the next four years. And of course, that's all we're going to be talking about today on the ACATS podcast. Of course, my name is ACATS. And with me today, I have Dr. Majib Ajibola Oyenei, a trained dentist, public health practitioner, and presently the head planning research and statistics on those state contributory health commission. He's also the vice chairman, too, of the Ondo State Nigerian Medical Association, NMA. I'm not going to be with Dr. Majib alone. As later, I'm going to be joined with Mr. Alonge Tosin Abayomi. He's actually a member, a strong member of the APC party from Oka in Akoko, Southwest local government area of Ondo State. Now, this is where I tell you to sit down, relax, don't go anywhere. Let's join Dr. Majib Ajibola. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Majib Ajibola. How are you doing, yeah. sir? Not bad. How's everything? Very fine. Thank you very much. So I'm very sure INEC and security agents would already be on ground for the election of today under state election. Tell me yeah. in just a few words how you think it's going to go today. Sorry, you said it's. Can you please yes, repeat I said, your question again? Tell me just question again. how you think it's going to go today. Looking at the way the campaigns have been going, what has been happening in the individual parties, can you just tell me how you think today is going to be? Well, um, as we all are aware, today is our election, and um, on those people are in high spirits. Um, I can say I just stepped out a couple of minutes ago and I came back and I've seen people getting ready to vote. But I see the atmosphere is calm and the people are prepared and they are ready to vote. And I'm very sure we are not violent in Ondo State and I'm sure it's going to be peaceful, going to be a free, fair and credible election. All right. Thank you very much. So let's discuss the previous administration, the incumbent governor. How was his performance in the last four years. Let's just run through how it has been for Akeridolu leading the Ondo State people. Uh, well, as you know, Ondo State people are enlightened people. Uh, well, my, my analysis, I'll try to be as dispassionate as possible. Though I'm a civil servant, so I have to be very careful about mm. what I say and what I do. And all my observations are my personal opinion and it does not represent the interest of the government or the association i belong to so that's why i just need to state that first well so far um i've seen this administration has been fair enough to people 
in terms of um, infrastructural development in healthcare, in um, school, and some other things. Yeah, well, he has built primary schools, he has built roads, he has touched lives. Yeah. Though some school of thoughts believe he has not done anything. He's fair enough and he has done his own best. Um, there have been roads that have been constructed, um, schools built, healthcare, access to healthcare has improved, though people still have some one or two reservations about that. But maybe at the cost of our discussion, I'll be able to write one or two things he has done in the areas. All right. Yeah, thank so you very much. We're going to talk about the individual party now. APC have been, they have crisis or they've had crisis in the past. Talking about the APC in Edo State, how they did this divide and fall system and all, pitching tent against each other. Is that what is happening in APC in those states? Do you think it is happening? Seeing that the um, deputy governor actually left his governor to go and participate in this election in the ZLP party. So are you do you think APC have an issue in Ondo State? Uh, well, in, in life, like I said, crisis mm. is bound to happen. Even at home, husband and wife and families, they have crisis. So it's, uh, mm. I see it as a natural thing. It happens everywhere. Crisis will happen. And within APC in Ondo State, initially there was crisis in terms of um, the party members believed that the governor mm. was not open to all of them. That he failed to appoint some members as board chairman, and so people were eager, and people were angry, and they were waiting for his re-election bid mm. for the second term. Um, and people were so many factions that they don't want the governor to return mm. as a candidate for EPC. But you know, human beings uh, in politics, they always say no permanent frame, no permanent mm. enemy, but permanent interests. Once the interests of the people are shouting. Uh, once their interests have been um, taken care of, obviously, everybody had to come back to the round table and try to work for the party. So, and they've always said it is not the interest of Akiru, but the interest of the party, yeah. which is the APC. So, all the people that were contesting against him, they came back, sat on the round table, and decided to support the uh, candidates of Akiridolu or candidature of Akiridolu. So presently, I don't think there's any crisis in APC. Yeah. As, as opposed to Edo, Edo's crisis was different from Ondo. Edo's crisis was like a okay. personal thing between Oshomole and Obaseki. But in Ondo State, there's no godfather, there's nobody that can decide who and who. They all had a level playing ground and they worked together for the emergence of Akiridolu as a candidate of APC, so which is quite different. From Let's state. talk about a Yitayo Jegede. He seems to be a very strong opponent in this election. How do you see this candidate? Yeah. Uh, well, a Yitayo Jegede SN, um, past administration, other than Mimiko administration, was a former commissioner for justice and attorney general, and he served well under his administration. I'm just trying to give like a background. In 2016, um, it was also, uh, well, since the Mimiko trusted him then, he made him the candidate, he was a candidate for a PDP. But due to uh, challenges, electoral problems and other things, he was not 
or to campaign properly, but um, the case was resolved about some days to the election, which was very late for him to have won. And ever since then, he stood in PDP. Mm. He walked tediously day and night, though where others were living, he stood there and tried to develop the party. And when the, um, the opportunity arose also for a party, for a candidate to present himself in the PDP, he was one that won the election. So uh, he has been ground, uh, should I say he has been on ground since 2016. Mm. He has done his best. Well, I wish him all the best, but the issues, like I always say, I will, I will, I will try and analyze dispassionately. In Ondo State, there are three senatorial districts. We have the central, we have the north, and we have the south. Um, during the past administration, it was central. But I don't know the calculations of the past government mm. then. In 2016, they now presented a central candidate on those central, which made him to fail. Mm. But now the case is different now. And because the present governor is from the Ondo North Senatorial District, Eitayo is from Ondo Central. Yeah, like I said, I said Eitayo Jagede was in PDP for immediately lost election 2016. And he was able to rally around to bring the party up from 2016 to 2020, and he won the primaries. I said earlier also that the candidate for Zeni Labour Party, they come from APC to PDP, weeks to the primary election, but he lost and left PDP to Zeni Labour Party. So, Eita Ojagera stands a chance just like every other candidate, and I wish all the candidates all the best. He's loved by his people. Is loved by people, and um, but you know, in politics, um, social media doesn't win election. It's on that day of the election that people come out to vote and vote for their candidates. So I think it stands a chance, just like every other candidate. Thanks. All right, so let's talk about ZLP candidate. What is so peculiar about about um, the deputy governor becoming the running candidate for ZLP? What actually went wrong in the relationship between the governor and deputy governor for such a drastic change of party? What do you think happened? Yeah. Politics is about interests. Um, politics, there's no, it's just like having a man and a woman coming together as husband and wife, but they have different things in common. Um, I believe such marriage cannot last for long. Um, uh, so it's important that when a man and a woman come together, they must understand themselves very well and know each other very well because before the marriage can last. So I think the case of um, the governor and the former governor was just a marriage of inconvenience. <laughs> um, yeah, um, because the former governor or the former deputy governor was in PDP right from 1999 to 2014, I guess. Yeah, 2014. The governor has been an AD person, APC, right from scratch and all that thing. So, but just so as to unseat um, the government in power then, so they had to come together and form an alliance. So they had to share their position. Is there any, um, the deputy governor from the PDP block, and the governor from the APC block. So just just like it's like a marriage of convenience, and so bringing them together wasn't just um, what they wanted. And uh, 
So I think the marriage now collapsed on the way. Um, well, the deputy governor is, is a grassroots politician from time. The governor is a technocrat, is a practicing lawyer, is a son. So, um, so many things are underground which cannot be discussed fully with this interview because there's more to it. So, and the deputy governor too had interest, had ambition to become the governor, and he found out that his ambition cannot be achieved on the platform of APC and under the present administration. So he found, um, looked for an alternative. Initially, it was PDP, but he lost, and he went to Zeni Labour Party. And the national leader of Zeni Labour Party was a former governor of Ondo State and also a close friend of the governor. Um, that was in the person of Dr. Lucia Gumemiko. Well, the national leader of the Zen Labour Party is a politician by excellence. So obviously he was looking for someone that would fly his own party. So the deputy governor approached him and he agreed. And so it's politics. So it's about interest. Like I've always said, I started with my uh, my opening. I said politics is about interests. No permanent friend, no permanent enemy, but permanent interests. So that's just it. And they fell apart and... Um, and the former governor and the present governor were good friends. They've been friends for more than 30 years, right from school. But when politics came and tend to like separate the two of them, their relationship, well, such is life. We go on, we move on, we won't be right. So, so that's just what I would say about Agbola um, Jai. Well, the little history I know about Agbola Jai has been a grassroots politician. He has been a supervisory councillor in his local government in Esodo. He has been a chairman of a local government. He has been a member of the House of Rep. He has been a deputy governor and also now contesting on the platform of any Labour Party. So that's just it. Yeah. Let's talk about how prepared INEC is for the election. We know that lots of politicians have begged the president not to intervene. And some people are hoping that the end result of this election will be the same thing as the other state election. Now let's talk about how prepared INEC is, how prepared the security agents and agencies are for this election. Yeah. INEC, the security agents, the people were all ready for this election. We are in high spirit. Um, presently, the voting has even commenced peacefully in Akure, in Undo. Um, I'm about even going for to vote right now. Immediately, I'm through with this interview. Um, people say um, the election is going to be rigged or not. Well, I don't believe that. I believe in peaceful, fair, credible election. I believe Nigeria is ours. The people should be able to choose who they want. It's not by force. If it goes to, if the election is won by the present governor. So be it. If it's won by Aketi, I mean, if it's won by um, Zen Labour Party, so be it. If it's won by Ija Jagede, so be it. Let the people decide. Um, I found out, President, I'm just watching something on the TV now. I found out an handicapped woman on wheelchair is about to vote. So he shows the enthusiasm in Nigerians. He shows the enthusiasm of the people in Windows State. I'm even I'm appalled. I'm even I'm happy. I'm even enlightened, excited that this woman on wheelchair, she has the interest to make a change. She wants to come and vote. 
As I was watching also, I, I saw like about 70 to 80 year old woman being brought to the polling unit to vote. So we are all ready, we are prepared. So we are ready for this election and I'm sure it's going to be credible, it's going to be free and it's going to be fair. Let the people decide. If these people decide and it's not to some certain cabals, that is what they want. If after four years, the government or any government in position does not favor us, we'll vote that person out. So mine is let the vote of the people count. That is the hallmark of democracy. Is democracy is government of the people for the people and by the people. Let the people decide what they want. Thank you. All right. So we're just going to drop the election question for a bit and talk about something that have been going on in the country and that's the hashtag end SARS or reform SARS. What's your take? How has SARS been behaving in those states? What do you think they can do differently when it comes to security and protecting Nigerians, property, both property and the life of Nigerians? Do you think end SARS is the way forward or reform SARS? Well, anything that happens in Nigeria is a reflection of leadership, a reflection of leadership failure, poor governance structure, and also corruption. So when people say answers, answers, this um, this corruption, this um, this moral decadence cross is across boards. So when I see youths answers, sometimes I'm taken aback. I watch because. I know SARS has its own drawbacks. They do things they are not meant to do. Go after your old boys, hijack, and do so many things. And I sat down. I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm a deep thinker sometimes. I sat down and I said, what's the possibility that these, these Yahoo boys, <laughs> I repeat, these Yahoo boys are the ones sponsoring these answers? I was just thinking, I was just thinking, which is a possibility. For my own, I will prefer reform SARS. You can't say answers. You can only reform them. Because we found out whether we are anywhere we are, in every phases of life, there are bad eggs. And there are bad eggs in SARS. So we can always just try and pinpoint and remove the bad eggs, which is not, I know it's going to, going to be easy. But there are ways of reforming it. You find out that a child that was not brought up properly at home, you want the government to reform that person. So all these things starts, it's, it's, it's a bottom-up approach. It starts from the home. Because nowadays, we don't celebrate hard work any longer. We don't celebrate honesty any longer. We celebrate wealth. We celebrate fame. We celebrate of the people high. I was just sitting down, um, I was just watching like a sister of mine, and... She said she's intimidated. I said, why? She said, most of her friends are married to these Yahoo boys and they are spoiling them. You see a Yahoo boy buying three point something million naira car for a girlfriend, not even a wife. And she said she's intimidated. Yet she, she, had, she had this uh, moral compass then. But now she says she's intimidated. You know, you find that most people, most guys are not ready to work now. The Yahoo is the, is, is the in thing. So I was just, I was telling one of my friends, I said, 
he took me almost five to nine years to walk and buy my wife a car so but the yahoo guys now within can within one business they can buy a girlfriend a car so what i'm going to say in essence is that you can the government can try to reform sars reform sars not end sars thank you and so we have come to the end of the session of the Akatas podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. Majib Ajibola Oyenenyi, for such for enlightening us and informing us about the Ondo state election. Now, before I let you go, what do you have to say to the Ondo people for today? And even after the election, what advice do you have to give the Ondo people? Thank you very much. Yeah, the Ondo people, my people. Go out and vote your choice candidate. Go out and exercise your basic, your civic responsibility. And make sure after voting, you wait until the votes are counted. I repeat, you wait until the votes are counted. So I wish everybody all the best and I hope you choose wisely. Thank you. Um, Mary, thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. I appreciate you. Um, I'm always very open. Any day, any time you have questions or interviews, I'll gladly give you that. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Well, at the end of the election also, you might decide to call back to just let us have a review of, uh, of the outcome. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so very much, Dr. Majib, for your time. Now we're going to be listening to Mr. Alongetosin Abayomi. He is a strong member of the APC party. Don't go anywhere. Good afternoon, Mr. Tosin Abayomi. How are you doing? I'm good. Good afternoon, Mary. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So welcome to the ACATAS podcast. Um, so it's barely... Um, 24 hours to the Ondo State election. And I just want to ask a few questions from you. How would you rate the performance of Akere Dolu, which, who is the present governor of Ondo State in the past four years? Okay. Um, thank you for the question. If you thank look you, at sir. it, I will look at it from this angle. You, you look at the resources available to Mr. Governor, unlike his predecessor, you know, when he came in, we had this uh, economic recession. And uh, this year also, we have a situation where COVID-19 has affected a lot of things. So when we take a look at a few things Mr. Governor has been able to do with the resources available to him, when we look at infrastructure, you have, mm. this is the first time we're having a flyover bridge in on those states. You have that in already. Mm. And then you look at, uh, there's what we call our industrial park. Oh, okay. it's a kind of public-private partnership where you have some multinational company coming to invest in on those days. So it's basically um, uh, an investment up where an investor can just go and then start uh, a, an investment there. And the target is probably in the next few years. They are talking about creating about 120,000 jobs. You know, unemployment yeah. is a major issue not only in Undo State, but Nigeria as a country. So, well, for me, if you look at some of these things, and then there's a place in Akoko Northeast local government. There's is Ili Road that was killing people. And as we speak, Mr. Governor has done a lot of 
construction there and people mm. are happy. So for me, I think uh, he, he, he has done well, but I wouldn't give him 100%. Mm, okay. So I, I just listened to you and you talked about unemployment. Of recent, <laughs> there was actually a rise in the fees for the schools in Ondo State. Okay. We are battling with unemployment, but we're still going to be battling with other persons that have that are not able to pay off these fees and then city. Do you think that this policy of increasing the school fees by more than a hundred percent and also some very unfriendly policies have put the governor in the good book of the masses? Because of course the masses determine the outcome of the election for tomorrow. So you think these policies of actually the increment of fees and then some really unfriendly policies that were put in place, do you think it has gained the hearts of the masses for the governor? Okay, well let's look at it from this angle. Um Ondo State currently has three state universities. I don't yes. think uh, there are states who, that we have that situation. Okay. Now, we have Adekunle Ajashi University in Akumbaku, yeah. Northern Senatorial District. Then you have Ondo State University of Medical Sciences in Ondo Town. And then we yes. also have a uh, Ondo State Univers uh, University of Science and Technology. in Ubi. So when you have that kind of three universities, then running them becomes a huge burden on the government. Now, mm. the increments. Of course, I've listened to the argument of students and good people of those states. The fact yes. is, the school fees before now, before the administration of Akredolu, was below 40,000 naira. And we now have a situation right. where people are paying 120, 150. That is even over 200% increment. Of course, for me, yes. the person, I am not an advocate of such an increment. My belief is that if government is going to do something like that, you have a plan, say a five-year plan, and then you have to carry the stakeholders along, the parents, the students, the sponsors, and every other person. So you have to be able to highlight the burden, the, the problems you are having in terms of financing the institutions to these stakeholders. And so the, you, you, you have their inputs, and then... You, you can now go ahead if they are in support. Of course, good. Now, but in this case, what we have now is a situation where the school fees has been increased and a lot yeah. of people are complaining. In fact, a lot of people have said students have, uh, some students have dropped out. But in yes, of course. Opinion, the re reality is that one, it is not LD for a state like Ondo State to run three state university. It happened in a kitty state. So what happened then was during the first time of Governor Fayemi, you know, Fayemi came and then he didn't win a re-election and then he came. Yes. So during his first tenure, he, Ekiti was in similar situation and he had to match the three universities together. That's the way they did. So we, we projected that to the governor then and then the governor went ahead to call the three hosting communities of this university. He proposed to them, he told them his proposition, he wanted to match the three universities. Of course, they all uh, rejected. They didn't accept mm. And if you want to take uh, decisions as a governor, there is what we call political decision, and then there is what we call the right decision. Now, mm. in most cases, politicians don't go for the right decision. They go to take the political decisions because of their second term. So I believe he was looking at second term. And then imagine the university will have probably pitched the hosting communities against him. And so he wanted to make sure 
they are satisfied. And then when they're to increase. Of course, what I am saying is that if you look at it in the area of running cost of AAUA, because the only institution we are talking about here is Adekunlajashi University. If you look at the running cost, the management of the school has come up to say that before now, the subvention, monthly subvention to the university was around 250 million or so monthly. And then when Governor Kerry came on board, he said he wanted to make sure that the three universities are running efficiently. Because when you look at okay. it, when Mimico's administration, you have a situation where on those, uh, on those state University of Science and Technology in Okupa was going on strike incessantly based on mm. funding. So now the, the governor is saying, no, I want a situation where this school will be producing graduates as and when due. And so yeah. now we had to reduce the subvention to Adekunle Ajashin from about 250 million era to about 140 something million. And the university is saying the cost of paying salary alone monthly yeah. about 260 million. So the burden on the VCs, the management of the school, and then the government council is to raise money to be able to ensure that they are paying staff. And so that was what necessitated the increment in the first place. Well, if you look at it, we may want to say the action is justifiable because as we speak presently, I don't think we have up to two state universities that still pay lesser than that Adekunle Ajashin in the whole of Southwest region, as we speak. Mm. And then you look at the nation of it from the masses. Now, people are going to vote. They are going to look at it in two ways. There are people who will never understand when you tell them the government does not have funds to finance this university. They will never mm. understand. Absolutely, a lot of voters are going to vote against Mr. Governor tomorrow based on that. But then there are people who still understand that this is the position of the government. And so they are not going to be moved by that. Their own decision of who to vote for tomorrow is not going to be based on who about on the increment in the school fees. And don't forget oh. that in this part of the world, a developing country that we still are in Nigeria, people still vote based on sentiment. So whether this mm -hmm. will be increased or not, you still have people whose source of living, like I will put, you know, a lot of people depend solely on politicians, and that's one of the problems we yeah. have in the country. So a lot of them whose leaders still want Akeridolu to continue will vote for him, irrespective of what has happened with the school fees. Thank you very much. So lots of people don't understand how or they don't understand how it came about the decision, the decision to increase the fees. Yeah. Lots of people also do not understand what transpired between Akeri Dolu and his deputy that made his deputy leave APC, go ahead to PDP and then ZLP. Can you shed more light on that particular situation? What really happened? Well, for me, what uh, the deputy governor has said that I I've heard him say is that it was not properly carried along. So it was sidelined mm. in the administration. Well, I wouldn't know. That is his own side of the story. And Mr. Governor has also come up to say there's no deputy governor in the whole of the country that is being taken care of like he has taken care of his own deputy. So, mm. well, I would say it is their personal decision. Maybe they had another disagreement that they wouldn't want the members of the public to understand. But then I think... Well, uh, Agbola has an ambition, and that is why, yes. even if you look at it, he went to PDP. He participated in the primary, despite the fact that the PDP was very nice to him. 
He joined at a point when he was not supposed to participate. He was given a waiver. He didn't win the election. He left PDP for ZLP. So for me, I would say the major reason why he left his boss is to pursue his ambition, which is not a sin. It is good for democracy. All right. Thank you very much. Let's now go on to Eitayo Jegede, the candidate for um, PDP. Do you think he's a strong opposition for Akeride Olu come tomorrow? Well, um, for me, Eitayo Jegede is a strong opposition. And I will mention three reasons why I say he's a strong opposition. One is, if you look at his personality, he's brilliant, he's mm. cool, he's calm, and a lot of people like him. A lot of people like him. So he's a, he's a competent person to be governor of Ondo State. One. Then number two is this. He is the candidate of the major opposition party in Ondo State, which is the PDP. So if you are having a candidate of such a political party that has members across the states, then you cannot overlook, you can't just push him aside. The number mm-hmm. three is this. You see, Akure people has been agitating that they want to produce governor. And, mm-hmm. you know, Akure is the, probably the, <laughs> is the largest, he has the highest voting strength per local government. Mm-hmm. So, and we have two local governments in Akure. So, and a lot of he's enjoying the support of his people. So I want to believe he's a major contender in tomorrow's election. Do you see tomorrow's election as ending free and fair, peaceful for that matter? Because I know the president has said that security agency um, security agents will be deployed down to Ondo State. But you have more like more insights than I do. Do you see it as a free and fair election? Okay. okay. Now, if you look at what happened in Edo, Edo State, nobody yes. believed Edo's election will have been free, fair, credible, and peaceful. Mm. The, the candidate of APC has not come out to discredit the election. Now, this morning, I was in a security meeting with the police security personnel in my local government, and they gave us their words that the President and IG has directed them to ensure free, fair, credible, and very peaceful election. So, mm. and I was glad to even know that most of them participated, uh, they were in, in the uh, those uh, process. So they came with that same mentality. A lot of people have praised Nigerian police for their roles in Edo election and other security agencies. And I'm sure they are going to build on the successes they recorded in Edo. So for me, I see the election and I expect it to be free and fair. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Mr. Tosinha Bayomi. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for explaining this thing to us. Thank you very much. I'm the best man win the election tomorrow. Amen. Thank you. And uh, let me say, let me say this. Um, There's a message I want to leave for my people of Ondo State. Irrespective of who we are supporting, Irrespective of the political party we have, we must all preach against violence. Yes. Now, violence will not take us anywhere. In every contest, there must be a winner. A winner must emerge. And if anybody mm. thinks uh, he has not been treated fairly, the, the laws have made provision for the person to approach the court of law for a redress. 
So I think our brothers should not think their blood should be shed for anyone seeking election. Most of these people, when they emerge, for example, when they, when they are seeking votes, they know everybody by name. When mm. you call them, they pick your call. But immediately after the election, when you call them, they will not pick. In fact, the best thing they will do for you, if they want to be kind to you, is to give their phone to their PA and say, pick this call, tell the person I'm in a meeting. Mm. So we must learn that violence will not ensure that our economy grows. Violence will not ensure that we develop as a state, as a people, and as a country. Thank you very much, Mr. Tosin. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure having you around. Do have a lovely day. Bye. Yeah, bye. Thanks. And this is where we call it a wrap on the ACATAS podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, election is not a do or die affair. Stay safe, stay out of trouble, and live a good life. Thank you very much and have a lovely week.